We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast with Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatello. And we want to thank you all for listening to our podcast. And on our podcast today, we are going to be talking about the benefits of having a coach or a mentor in your business. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, what do I need a coach or a mentor for? And we've spoken about this before in several episodes about having an advisory board of some sort in terms of what it is that you're doing in your business. Uh, There's always reasons to have an insurance person, an accountant, an attorney, a banker, uh, so many different people that can be around you that can give you guidance in terms of where you are. But Patricia, let me ask you, when you started working with your coaches and mentors, well, before we even say, before you worked with them, what made you want to work with them? Oh boy. I knew that I was nearly completely deficient (laughs) in understanding um, of how to market. For me, it was a marketing issue. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to do so many things that the things I knew how to do were easier to list than the things I didn't. Um, Yeah, so I found people that could walk me through stuff, um, give me feedback on what I had done because I had no clue. It wasn't like it. I hang out in a lot of coaching groups and a lot of the, them differentiate between a person who is a coach and who just pulls things out of you. Right. And somebody else who trains you and in marketing, um, in business, We need a lot of training because we don't know a lot of things. And a lot of us don't know what we don't know. Exactly. We want to say that we know it all because otherwise we're admitting that there's a deficit in us. And I think, Daniel, I think you may be able to think of this from the leadership perspective. If somebody sees you as deficient in what you're doing, you may see yourself as lacking in your ability to be a leader or as a person even, right? Yes, definitely. And we know that uh, once you get into a corporate culture that sometimes, depending on on the corporation you may be in, that things can get a little cutthroat. Um, And even if it's not the culture, we know that there's one or two people that you're always gonna run against that for some reason, they're always out to eat your lunch. And if you're lacking in a few areas, they don't mind, calling you on the carpet 
in front of the CEO, um, whether it's appropriate or not. So you need to be watching your back, um, making sure that you do have all the skills that you need so that you're prepared to be the best leader possible uh, so that you can think through every situation, every presentation that you're making. You can anticipate what the potential outcomes or the potential um, objections are going to be and you're prepared to answer those. And uh, quite frankly, um, a lot of times you may be pretty adept at understanding how people are gonna react when you're making your presentation in the boardroom, but it's not a bad idea to get somebody else's perspective and say, now watch out for the director of this department and watch out for that one. Remember how they react whenever you present. Right. So. Daniel, let me ask you the same question I asked Patricia a moment ago. Before you started working with your coaches and mentors, what made you realize the importance of having a coach or a mentor in your business? Well, actually, let me take a step back. I'm going to go back to my original career. I'm going to talk about um, music here for a moment because this was my first true mentor. Mr. Maestro here, yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, My first true mentor was when I uh, took a break from teaching and I went back to work on my um, graduate degree. So I was working on my master's degree in instrumental conducting with a band director at the university here nearby. Tell me you have an unfinished symphony, by the way. Well, unfortunately, it's all still in my head. It's not even begun. It's definitely- we'll team you up with Mr. Holland and you guys can write the sequel. <laughs> right. Um, but this was where I encountered my first real mentor, somebody who had been there, somebody who had been through it, somebody who had been coached and trained and then was able to pour into me and took a genuine one-on-one interest in me and in my success. And so I know one of the things we're gonna have to talk about in this episode here real quick is what's the difference between a coach and a mentor. Um, But so specifically this, uh, this gentleman was definitely a mentor in the way that um, he would challenge me, he would push me, he wouldn't accept my excuses um, but at the same time, uh, one of the big differences between a, a coach and a mentor, he was giving me his experience. He would give me an assignment and then he expected me to go get that done. And then if I came back to him, the next, our next lesson, because he was my professor as well. If I came back and I was not prepared, there was no lesson. It was, no, you didn't do what I asked you to do. Go back and work on that. Right. I guess we'll meet next time. And so in a way, uh, he was tough, but a mentor should be. That's what a mentor should do. And so that being my first experience to working with a mentor, once I started moving into business, I was naturally open to working with a mentor or a coach because I had experienced such a huge amount of growth in my skill and my understanding during that very short period of time that I was going through my 
uh, my graduate degree. So I'll, I'll summarize there. I'll, I'll say I was completely open. Great. I know for me, when I started realizing that I needed someone, I mean, there's only so much in books and magazines and seminars and conferences and workshops and boot camps and everything else that you can possibly go to that you can gain the information and have a clear enough head to know how to actually implement. That really was one of the primary impetuses in terms of me making the decision to get my coaches. Um, like both of you were saying, you know where your strengths are and you know where your weaknesses are. Some of us, like we said though, really don't want to admit where our weaknesses are. And I, I was lucky enough that I had a boss early in my career that told me, he said, you know, you're really good at knowing where your strengths lie and where they don't. And you know where your skills don't take you to. And I took that as a major compliment because most people really don't. You know, and I love the quote from Henry Ford that says, um, I may not know all the answers, but I've got a button on my desk that will get me the answers that I need. And it's really important to think about having a coach or a mentor in that regard. If you know, if I don't know the answer, but my coach does or my mentor does, you are going to be in a much better position at figuring out where you want to get to and what you're going to need to do to get to that point. You know, there's so many of us that think, oh yeah, I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to be and I'm going to eventually get a million dollars in my business, right? Because everybody wants that elusive million dollars. I don't know why that's such a major number. It's like, I'd rather have $500,000 and take home four than make a million and then take home 20,000. That's me, you know, but hey, you know, whatever floats your boat. Um, but I definitely understand it's an ego thing. But anyway, getting back though to the point, if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, what can I do to really make a difference, right? There's so many things that I know that I want to do. I want to help as many small business owners as I can. How do I reach them? Well, I know some things, right? I know marketing, I know sales tactics that may generate things, but I may not have done it all. But my coaches have done a lot more than what I've done. And so I can ask them, well, what do you think about this idea? I was toying with the idea of going on a major platform that would have charged me a significant investment on every sale that I would have made, but I would have been using their nationwide or almost global um, marketing effort to reach more people, right? But was it worth it to reach those people based on the investment that I would have had to make? Now, on the one hand, yes, it can be a major payoff. On the other hand, maybe not. So I asked my coaches, I said, what do you guys think? Because I am stuck. I don't know if I should go this way or if I should go that way. And 
the benefit of working it out with somebody who's not inside your business, inside your head or your family is that they really don't have skin in the game the same way like you do and can dissect the problem through fresh eyes instead of looking at it through the same set of eyes that have been looking at everything. It's like, how often are you sitting there looking at a document and you swear the words are right? They're spelled right, the grammar's right, but yet word is telling you no it is and it just doesn't know what the word is. It's like, hmm, am I even close? It's because you're so stuck in what you're doing that you can't see it. And that's why you need proofreaders and copy editors to go through what you're doing. And that's the same kind of an idea here in terms of a coach or a mentor that can offer you these advantages. So let me ask you though, Patricia, once you started with your coaches and your mentors, what was the greatest piece of information, advice, value that you got from them? that has allowed you to get to where you are today? There's certainly been a lot of them. Um, my first one taught me how to write copy. I mean, granted it was pretty basic, but I had people asking me to write copy for them. And I, I not that I ever did that, but you know, it's cool to have people asking you that. And then with the next one, <clears throat> He taught me a lot about marketing in, in more general, not, not more general ways, but a lot of diverse ways. And he introduced me to Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham who have been absolutely instrumental in, in my career to date. And those introductions are sometimes worth even more than the advice that you get individually. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to clarify to the audience, he didn't, you know, walk me up to Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham and say, hello, this is Patricia. No, he, you know, he's, he's, he said, you need to pick up this book by Dan Kennedy. And some, and sometimes that's enough value because they turn you on to another resource, but definitely, obviously when you personally get introduced to people, that becomes a major benefit. You know, for me, when my coaches introduced me to another one of my coaches and one of my mentors, um, you know, that other coach and mentor I'll share with you is James Malinchek, ABC Secret Millionaire, James Malinchek. And I know that I would not have met him and met many other incredibly high-performing people had I not met James through Keith and Rachel to get to where I was. And then there's so many other people that I have met as well through those relationships. And it's not just in the books that you meet them, but it's in person and the extended value, if you will, but I didn't mean to cut you off there, Patricia. So no, no, that's no, that was fine. Um, you know, just <clears throat> because I had this particular coach and I came up with a particular problem, which is really common 
when you're marketing stuff, you know, he said, go read this book by Dan. Kim. Right. And a lot of people have the same problem. We yeah. all think our businesses are different, that the problem has never been encountered before. But 99.9% .9 of business problems have been handled before. Right. And it's just a matter of how do you deal with it in your unique circumstances? It's like when you get asked a question in your business, you're probably thinking, well, how many questions am I really asked in my business on a daily basis with the clients I speak with? Hmm. Maybe it boils down to the same 10, 15 themes in terms of the kinds of questions. It's differently worded, possibly, but it comes down to the same themes. And that's why as a coach or a mentor, when you have seen so much, a lot becomes different when you're looking at it because it's like the difference of um, getting on a plane, right? If you think about it, is it a Boeing? Is it an Airbus? Is it something else? Does it matter? It's a plane, right? Yes, the seats may be configured slightly different by airline. The seats may have different benefits by where you are in the plane. You may have different plugs, you may have different screens and what have you, but the plane is the plane, right? And so if you're looking at it, well, I don't think I have the same problem. Yes, you're getting on the same kind of a plane. It moves you from point A to point B. Now let's figure out what the best way to deal with that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, was there a question there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Yes. Well, it you... was a question, but was it a question or a rhetorical question? Well, I, I was kind of letting Patricia pick up, but um, <laughs> I guess you're finished with your answer, huh? I think so. I, you know, for, for that piece, yeah. You know, okay. I mean. So, Daniel, let me ask you the same thing. When you met with your coaches and mentors, for the first time, what was the greatest piece of advice, information, keyed into whatever that they gave you that allowed you to get to where you are? Now, whether that was the uh, music uh, professor or in your business life from where you are. It, it's gonna be really hard for me to say what the, the number one thing was at the outset. What I am going to say is the number one thing that uh, the couple of coaches that I have worked with have helped me with is my own inner psychology, my own issues. And it's it has been a long-term issue. Um, like I'm sure many people out there have struggled with confidence issues. Uh, we've talked about imposter syndrome before that uh, feeling that uh, I'm not good enough and somebody's going to figure out I'm not good enough. And the, those were huge obstacles for me to overcome. If I had not been through the first program that I had been through, which was supposed to be for coach training, and it was, it was a fantastic program, but that was the key issue that that coach needed to work with me on. And we worked on that for two years until finally we got to a point and we just weren't clicking anymore. It was time to be done with that coach. Um, so then I started working with another coach who matched my temperament a lot better. And uh, this is uh, 
I'm going to call out my coach then, Wendy Cause, and I just love the way that she coaches. Uh, she had no problem. No, kicking, Wendy. <laughs> she had no problem kicking me in the butt. <laughs> my wife would overhear some of our conversations, and she'd come by later, and she'd say, "You know, I like her." Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She's got some good ideas. Yeah. yeah. But specifically, I, I worked with Wendy to specifically learn about sales because I knew that was an area I was deficient in. I knew that I knew enough knowledge to be a coach, but I didn't know enough to actually make sales and do marketing and all that. And that's what Wendy's specialty was. So, uh, but again, even though that was the program that we worked on, Wendy still had to do a significant amount of work with me on my confidence levels and getting me to a point where I actually could uh, pick up the phone and make a, a phone call to someone, you know, that 300, 500 pound phone. That and that's sometimes up. the scariest thing to do. So when you have somebody that can actually help you get through that that's a major plus in your column right? because that confidence boost that you get, the phone is not going to bite you. And the person on the other end, even if they say no, is not the end of the world in terms of them saying no, it's just no for now. And, and that's one thing you... that a lot of us get burnt out on. Yeah. How many no's can you get in a day before you realize <clears throat> they're not saying no to you. It's not the right opportunity, the right time but it's not you. Right. And that's one thing that we all have to keep in mind. And thankfully, Wendy realized that wasn't really the problem. <clears throat> there was something deeper that was more underlying. That was the stories that I tell myself. It was that inner psychology. It was everything else going on in my head. That's where the real problem was. And working with a great coach helped to uncover that. And it's going to be ongoing. I'm still going to struggle with those issues but I am a thousand times better than I used to be. And that's great. You know, one of the other things that a lot of people struggle with is money and the perception of money. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've spoken about it several times before with a lot of my clients. You think about money in your earliest relationships to money, right? What your parents' relationship to money was. If you came from a position of scarcity growing up and money was taboo in terms of what you were feeling, then money is going to be taboo with you now because your earliest memory, you associated it to a negative. Whereas somebody who grew up where money was in abundance is not going to be feeling the same way as they look at what they're dealing with right now. And that becomes a major stumbling block to a lot of us. And we need to think about what we're looking at in terms of money that is going to get in our way. And it's amazing how when you can move past those blocks that, wait a second, I can do a lot more with the money that I get than I can if I don't have money, right? So money is not a bad thing. I can go out there and I can feed more people by giving to Feeding America. We're in the uh, season of giving and it's all about what can you do to make that 
live even more for more people. If you don't have the money, you can't do that. So money isn't a bad thing, which is a major problem that a lot of us feel. And I know that I personally had struggles with that as well, because we all felt something from early on about money. And when you can move past that, that's a major unblocker. And it's a great liberating feeling when you can get there too. So let me ask both of you, when you look back at what you try and offer your mentees now, right? That you are both coaches and mentors in your own ways. What is the first thing that you try and make sure that your charges walk away with in terms of what they're getting from what you are trying to do and where you're trying to take them? Trisha, you wanna go ahead? Yeah, yeah. Um, the big thing is usually hope. I've worked with so many small business owners who, you know, when they come into the conversation, they're depressed because, I mean, they love their business, but when, when, you, when you're doing something and you're not getting any return on your investment, and by return on investment, I don't necessarily mean financial, but in this case, yeah, I mean financial. <laughs> You Money have to have some kind of return in order to justify keeping doing it. And I've, I've talked with people who were ready to give up. They were just ready to give up and you talk with them and they're like, oh my God, I can do this. You know, they've got hope now. And on the flip side of the coin, I talked with a past client who ended up giving up and when I was working with him he loved what he did it lit him up and now he's like oh I, 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 I don't I don't want to do that anymore you know and it's like I know what your problem is let me fix it please <laughs> and you can't you know you can't make them let you fix it sometimes people have to learn to accept help first yeah. And again, that's one of those issues that a lot of us are always dealing with. Yeah. We don't want to admit that we need help. And sometimes it's the fact that we have to admit to ourselves that we need the help before we can allow the help to come. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've had to show that multiple times before too. Sometimes people speak with you, they're like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that, but I don't know what to do. And they're so stuck. Like you were saying, they just can't accept the help. Yeah. No matter how the help is coming to them. Yeah. Because they're too proud to accept it. Now I'm not going to say like pride is one of those um, sins, if you will, that yeah. you're supposed to avoid. Um you're not supposed to be overly proud. I mean, however you look at it, no matter what religion you are, I guess there's some sort of idea behind that. 
Um, but the point is more, you want to accept the help because you can't grow if you don't get the help. Yeah. And so sometimes people are put into your life for a reason. Call it fate, destiny, coincidence, timing, whatever you want. People come into your lives at the right time because it was designed to allow you to get the help that you need. And I realized when I got my coaches, that's exactly what happened. I was at a turning point in my business and they dramatically put me in a much better position than where I am, than where I was before. And so the help is definitely a big thing. But Daniel, let me ask you the same thing. In terms of the charges that you get, what do you try and share with them as the one of the very first things? Well, as one of the very first things, um, so I guess uh, I take a, a long view of it, of course, and, and both of you have said the same thing. Um, so let me work backwards a little bit to answer that question, Jennifer. Um, you know, people come to me because uh, they either have a desire for something they don't have, or um, they've got a problem that they need to work through. So whether that's from a, a leadership perspective, somebody's trying to move up in the organization, or even if that's a small business owner who's got some issues they're struggling with in their business. And so what I do is I work through with them then um, on things that have not crossed their mind, um, obviously. So that's why they're reaching out for some external help, but I help them to clarify direction, to strategize the actions they need to take, uh, sometimes we uh, talk about upgrading their skills. Uh, we talk about optimizing their environment, or uh, sometimes that means installing systems in place and processes that will guide them. Um, but 90% of the work that I do, regardless of who it is, is that inner psychology. It's those games that we play with ourselves. It's those stories that we tell ourselves. And so ultimately, the way all of this comes together is I'm trying to help this person develop into the best version of themselves that they could be. And that is definitely a great way to look at what they get when they work with you. You know, one of the first things I do with a lot of my clients is I ask them to close their eyes and they're like, what are you doing? trust me, just close your eyes. <laughs> and I'm going to ask all of you that are listening, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to fast forward in your mind's eye to when you're 90 years old, or whatever advanced age that may be. And other than telling me that the person in the mirror staring back at you is an old wrinkly man or woman. Tell me about what you see that person has done over the years between where you are right now and that advanced age. And don't say I gave back and 
I made a million dollars because that's not really where you want to go. How did you manage to give back? How did you manage to make that money? How did you manage to grow your business? How did you manage to grow as a person and relationships and everything else? Because when you can create that neural synapse, that new image in your brain, it creates new neural synapses in your brain that your subconscious believes this is where it's already living. And the subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between reality and what it sees. And so every time that you start going down a different path, what's happening is that the neural synapses that you created right now of that 90 year old you is going to redirect you back towards that 90 year old you because you can't possibly end up being different from where you were when you did that. Now, obviously, if you only do it once, it's not going to count as much because you need to reinforce the muscle, right? It's like, if you go and you do one push-up, it's not gonna make you the most you know, buff looking person that you can possibly be. You are going to still be in a position where you need to have what you're trying to get at. So what can you do to get there? And you need to constantly think, where am I going to get in terms of this uh, person? So the more you can look at it from that perspective, the better off you are ultimately going to be. But that's one of the first things I do with a lot of my clients, because it puts them in that position. It's a different way of saying help, because they create that perception, and it allows me a better opportunity to help them get to where they want to be instead of me saying, this is where we're going to go because it's their direct perspective. I'm not creating something that's saying, well, we're going to make your business a million dollar a year business, right? It's really, this is what they want. And how do we get to that point? Sometimes a lot of us have baggage. We carry around a ton of it. Sometimes it's in our eyes, hopefully not ladies, you know what I mean, but hopefully <laughs> it is going to be much better in terms of what can we do to get to where we want to be. And sometimes we have to get over that baggage to get there. But let me ask you, when you see that your clients are moving in the direction you want to go, Obviously it makes you pleased. And sometimes you realize like a therapist might, our job here is done. And sometimes there's still more that can be done. How do you navigate the process with your clients in terms of, you know, cause we've all had prior clients that we've worked with that we don't work with right now um, for any number of reasons. How do you navigate the waters though from client to prior client and being that resource, they know they can always come back to as a mentor moving forward. Well, for me, a lot of my clients are local. I still bump into them when we go out to networking events. Um, I reach out to them at least once a year and still send them a, a 
Christmas card or, <laughs> or the occasional, actually a lot of them are still on my uh, email list. Mm-hmm. So I'm still sending out my monthly uh, email newsletter to them. Yeah, I stay in contact with them. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I don't, there's no reason not to keep in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Unless the relationship ended in a really bad way, which hopefully it didn't. Um, there's really no reason for it to be, let's cut off all contact. Um, I know that a good chunk of my clients, both current and past clients, have become more friends than clients. And it was a decision that I made early in my career to make that because people like to work with people they know, like, and trust. And if they only see you as a consultant, if you will, it doesn't have to be, I like you. You're just helping me because I'm paying you to help me. And ultimately the relationship is transactional. And so there's no love or anything there. And you know that someone really likes you when you don't, you know, in the olden days, pre-COVID, when you didn't just get a simple handshake, right? When you got the hug, you got the kiss, you got the special handshake, right? There was some sort of way that you knew the relationship was a lot more than transactional. But I mean, who knows what it's going to be like down the road? I mean, I don't think the handshake personally is ever coming back. Um, too many, well, does this person have something that's going to make me sick? <laughs> you know, we don't want that. But, you know, then again, the hug may be questionable too. <laughs> so we go even closer. <laughs> people that you aren't intimate with. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot more namaste. Um, but what are you going to really be doing though, in terms of showing that you have a different relationship, but, you know, so Patricia, let me ask you the same thing though, as you're moving forward, how do you navigate those waters? Yeah. You know, I mean, I have people who were my coaches and one of them I connect with regularly on Facebook, you know, we're always commenting on each other's stuff. Um, I'm on her email list, you know, and there will be a time where I work with her again, because what she's doing has evolved since I worked with her 15 years ago. There are other people who, after I got done working with them, they decided they weren't going to talk to me anymore. And I decided that I was never going to refer them or work with them again, just due to Penniness definitely comes into place. Stuff, right, yeah. right. And then on the other hand, I've got someone that I'm currently kind of a mentee of, and I'm definitely going to keep him <laughs> because I need my butt kicked every, you know, once in a while. <laughs> you need and a person in your important. life. Yeah, you right. need this person in your life who can see through your BS and call you on it. And that's sometimes one of the best things that a coach or a mentor can do, you know, because it's going to make me millions of dollars because he's kicking my butt all over the place. And that's what I've needed for a long time. 
And that is really important because he can call you when you start saying, oh, it's this and that. I mean, I've got clients that go back to their crutches, as I call it. And I say, listen, I'm calling BS on you. I just say it straight out. Yeah, I'd much rather- I'm calling BS on you because you're telling me, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, woe is me. No, that happened last year. That happened 20 years ago. That happened whatever. That is no longer the issue that is holding you back. The issue is something else based on what we've already uncovered in the last X period of time um, that we were talking about this. Yeah. So having that, having our behinds kicked and having our stuff called is really important. I think for the three of us, for sure, we know how important it is to be called out on our own BSs. And I know that that's one of the things specifically that I say I want, mm-hmm. right? When someone asks me, what do you want out of the relationship? I will be completely upfront. I want you to call me out when you know that I'm full of it. Yeah. Right. Now I was a poli sci major in college. So by nature, I'm full of it. <laughs> right. I mean, I wrote papers and I let my fingers do the walking and I had to trim back my papers because it was just so full of stuff because it's really easy when you're talking political theory, because it's not like, well, Rome got ruined when so-and-so invaded, right? It's not history like that. I mean, yes, there's history, Socrates and Plato and, you know, our forefathers and everything, but theory is theory, right? And you can say whatever you want about theory. And that's where you have to have your stuff called out. And I call out my clients too. And I try and navigate the waters with them when we try and part as friends as much as possible. I am pretty certain that almost all of my past clients are still on my email list. I still reach out to them every now and then. Um, You know, one of the things I even do is I say happy birthday. Mm-hmm. whether or not they're Facebook friends, right? And I don't just go on Facebook and say happy birthday. I mean, how many people still do that, right? And that's what I meant earlier, where I convert my relationships to a friend relationship instead of a client relationship, because it's not then a matter of what you're doing with transactions. Yeah. It's I'm working with a friend And I may be paying that friend for what I'm doing, but they're a friend of mine. Yeah. And that becomes a major difference. Yeah. And And really important in terms of the way that you look at it. So we've definitely gone on long enough about the importance of having a coach or a mentor. But let me ask you, Patricia, parting words in terms of a coach or a mentor. Well, if you've been on the fence about getting a coach or a mentor because you know you need something, but uh, um, I love the uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get over it. Get over yourself. 
get down off that fence, find the person who can help you. And if the first person you hire can't help you, that doesn't mean that everybody's out to just get your money. There are people who fit and there are people who don't. Find somebody who fits. Find somebody who is gonna call you on your, on your BS. Find somebody who's gonna teach you the things that you want to learn. And I'm going to make a shameless plug for the Small Business Development Center and SCORE. If you cannot afford to engage a mentor directly, there are organizations like the Small Business Development Center and SCORE that are in a position to assist you right now. And if you need help with um, a recommendation for either organization, reach out to me. Tell me you want an introduction to your local small business development center or SCORE location. I happen to be an ambassador for the Small Business Development Center. I work with SCORE as well. Let us know. I'm sure that Patricia and Daniel can help you as well with those mm -hmm. recommendations. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how there's services that are already paid for by your tax dollars that you can get right now that don't necessarily need to engage a paid coach or a mentor. Now, is SCORE and SBDC going to offer you everything that a coach is going to do? Maybe, maybe not. But you're going to get a lot more one-on-one -on -one in terms of that ability with a coach or a mentor directly. But anyway, Daniel, parting words. Um, parting words. I was in a business owner Facebook group the other day and uh, somebody else had posted the question there um, about the importance of hiring a coach. And it was business owner to business owner. And there were, there was one or two, um, one very snotty business owner in particular, I can think of was just all over the place. Adam. Is that the scientific term, by the way? <laughs> 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 yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, was just utterly opposed to the idea of hiring a coach. I can hold myself accountable. I know exactly what I need to do. I built my business myself and no coach is able to tell me anything. And, um, you know, I could sit there and have an argument with that person online and many others tried, but... <laughs> Um, you know, not I, everybody is coachable. No, not everyone and is coachable. we've seen that many, many times. And, and unfortunately, uh, this, this person's uh, attitude uh, toward themselves is going to hold them back from doing even greater. You know, maybe they are incredibly successful right now, uh, but think how much more successful they could be if they allowed themselves to be open to the right coach. I will say that. I'll echo what Patricia said as well. Uh, be open to the right coach. And if the coaching relationship is not a good fit for you, then don't throw away the idea of coaching completely. I mean, let's take, a, let's take the example of where the word coach came from. Let's look at athletics. You know, we've got star athletes paid millions of dollars and they don't go to their coach because their coach also won the Super Bowl or won the Masters or anything else. No, that's not what their coach is good for. Their coach is getting paid to do what they do because they are good at helping the athlete become the best that they can be. 
So you don't hire someone who's been out there in front of you and done it all before. That's a mentor. And usually you don't hire a mentor. A mentor relationship is something very special that comes along. You hire a coach for their ability to drive you and to push you and to help you see the future and, and to help you become better yourself. So there's my parting. <laughs> Thank you. And it's definitely great parting words. So think about it from this perspective. And as one of my mentors say, the greatest and most successful people have coaches. If you look at the late Kobe Bryant, he had coaches like Daniel was saying with athletics. He had coaches and he actually went to high school basketball games on the weekends when he wasn't playing to watch the kids that were doing all of these new things because he wanted to learn new ways of getting the ball in the basket. You think about that for a second. I mean, Kobe Bryant won how many championships? Now, I personally honestly don't know. I know he won championships, but I don't exactly remember. <laughs> I don't three, either. Four, whatever it was, I don't follow basketball, but I know who Kobe Bryant was. If you look at Sir Anthony Hopkins, the Oscar winner has multiple coaches. He has a voice coach for when he's on stage and a voice coach for when he's on film because you need a different voice, how to carry it when you're on the stage and when you have to reach the boom that's gonna be over you when you're on screen. There's a nutritionist that's helping him stay fit. There's a trainer who's helping him stay fit these are all people who he's working with to find a way to not be like everybody else. Now, if you're thinking, I really don't need a coach, think about that for a second. The greatest and most successful people have coaches. Do you want to be one of the greatest and most successful people? Or do you want to be like everybody else. On behalf of Daniel, Patricia, and myself, we want to thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. If you like us, please leave us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did. And we look forward to having you tune in to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. Thank you so much.